Hey besties, and welcome to the On The Right Track podcast. I'm your host, Kayla, and I want to first start off by saying I am so grateful you are here. I love you and thank you for being here. You guys, I am so upset for two reasons. One, I took off this weekend to literally sit on my computer and refresh Ticketmaster for Taylor Swift tickets because, you know, everyone on TikTok says, I'm so lucky. And lucky I was not. But that's okay because I signed up for the Mexico pre-sale and I'm going to make a vacation out of it. The second thing is I recorded this episode already. Yep, that's right. I'm re-recording this episode, not because I want to, but because somehow my file is missing and I'm sad about it. I thought it was a really great episode. I made sure to stay on topic, but everything happens for a reason and I'm just going to go ahead and re-record this. In this week's episode, we are going to be talking about the habit loop and keystone habits, all because I am reading a book, okay? And I want to share some knowledge with you. Let's circle back to August of last year. It was about a month or so after I had moved to Chicago, and I thought that I could just jump right into everything, My habits would be fine. Everything would be fine. And it was not. I became very lazy. I was very unmotivated too. But like when you're around a lazy person, like that's just what you're going to become. So my habits were kind of shit. They were so bad. I literally had no habits. And so I started reading Atomic Habit because I started reading it like two years ago. But my attention span is like negative, so it was really hard to read back then. And so I picked it up and I was like, all right, let's actually sit down and read this book. And again, like I was just going through it, you know, some things were clicking, some things weren't. And then a couple days later, I came across Shelby Sacco on TikTok and she is like the habit queen. She eats, sleeps, breathes habits. She teaches them like she's amazing. And she brought up this book and how... When she goes through it, she highlights it and she takes notes. I mean, that's for every book that she reads. And I was like, oh my God, annotation, duh. Like I learned this in eighth grade. Like, let me, let me put my big girl pants on. Let me put some glasses on, feel smart, grab a highlighter and a pen and start going through and annotating. And things worked out really well for me back then. And then I moved again in October and it was the same thing. A new area, blah, 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 like no habits, going right back to the bad habits. And then I started picking them up again. And then (laughs) lo and behold, another life change. I now drive an hour to work rather than five minutes. And that's okay. I'm not complaining about that. But it took a lot to get used to. I then started 75 hard, which we all know I am now three weeks in and I feel really great. And I feel like this episode is coming at the perfect time because They say it takes 21 days to make or break a habit, and today's day 21, so I figured it would be perfect to talk about the habit loop and keystone habits and how they've changed my life for the better. Okay, so part of the 75 hard challenge is reading 10 pages of personal development every single day, and I chose to read Atomic Habits, and then I also chose to read The Power of Habit. Atomic Habits is by James Clear. And The Power of Habit is by Charles Duhigg. I think that's how you pronounce it. And these books are so similar yet so different. Atomic Habits, I feel like, breaks down the habit just a little bit more. Whereas The Power of Habit not only breaks down the habit a little bit, but it also 
he tells stories along the way. And let me tell you, it was really, really boring up until like, I think page 80, maybe I finally, it started clicking. And I think the story that he was telling at that point is what I was like, oh, okay, I can make it through this book. I just had to get past, you know, that boring part in the beginning. But these books, oh my gosh, they're just literally so informative. And so if you don't want to read, if you're not a reading person, I will gladly explain to you what they talk about. To start off, a habit is a routine or practice performed regularly, an automatic response to a specific situation. So there are things we do every single day that are, quote, habits that we don't realize we're doing because it's like our bodies, our minds are on autopilot, like brushing your teeth every single day. That is a habit, but we don't look at it like that. But it has its own habit loop. And the habit loop consists of a cue, a routine, and a reward. The cue is this craving for some type of reward. The routine is the actual habit that you are performing. And the reward is you satisfy that craving. Seems really simple, really easy. We don't consciously think of every single thing of like, oh, this is my cue, this is my routine, and this is my reward. We just kind of perform the habits. The cue triggers this craving and that craving motivates you to perform the routine and the routine motivates you to reach that reward or get that reward. In The Power of Habit, one of the examples is brushing your teeth and the founder of Pepsodent, I think that's how you pronounce that, Claude Hopkins was trying to think of a way that he can outsell any other toothpaste brand out there. Mainly because back then people weren't really brushing their teeth because the toothpaste wasn't foamy. It didn't have that mint taste. There was nothing super fancy about toothpaste. But he wanted to step out of that comfort zone and figure out how he can get people to brush their teeth so that they weren't losing their teeth, they weren't getting cavities, things like that. He chose to make the ad for Pepsodent all about that film that's on your teeth. And I'll read the little paragraph in the book. Just run your tongue across your teeth. You'll feel a film. That's what makes your teeth look off color and invites decay. Note how pretty teeth are seen everywhere. Millions are using a new method of teeth cleansing. Why would any woman have dingy film on her teeth? Pepsodent removes the film. I thought that was really funny because it targets women. And I guess like women are a bit more high maintenance than men. And that's not a bad thing. I don't want that to come off in a negative way or anything. But that was smart. That was a very smart way to advertise because, you know, we all have been there. We have that film on our teeth when we wake up in the morning. Why back then people were not brushing their teeth? I have no idea. But what Pepsodent did is they included a new ingredient that would make the toothpaste foam. And then that foam is what leaves that minty taste in your mouth. So they use whatever that ingredient was plus peppermint oil so that it kind of, you know, it satisfies your brain to have, well, maybe not your mouth foaming, but that minty taste afterwards. Now, how does this connect to the habit loop? More people started brushing their teeth. Why? Because the cue was the film on their teeth. The routine was brushing their teeth. And the reward was having a minty fresh breath. That is literally so slay. 
the cue, which is the film, triggered this craving of having a minty fresh breath. Even if you don't think first thing in the morning like, oh man, I just really, really, really am craving a minty fresh breath. Subconsciously, you are because it's it's a part of your daily habits. So the cue is triggering this craving of a minty fresh breath. The routine is brushing your teeth and then the reward is having that minty fresh breath. That routine is the habit. That is where we're going to start satisfying those cravings. And then the reward is everything is satisfied. Now, that's all about creating a habit. How can we change habits? You can break out of habits. You can change habits for the better as long as you change the routine. So in The Power of Habit, Charles Duhigg talks about people who want to quit smoking. So he says the cue prior is that the smoker is craving some type of stimulation. So the cue is craving that stimulation. The routine is smoking the cigarette and the reward is satisfying the stimulation. Studies show, and this is in the book, that caffeine can replace that stimulation. So for those smokers who want to quit, They can drink a cup of coffee or have a little bit of an energy drink whenever, not whenever, but when they feel that wanting of some type of stimulation. There was a study done, I believe that it was like three dozen studies done of those who were smokers wanting to quit and how they replaced smoking with caffeine and they ended up quitting smoking, which is absolutely incredible. And all they did, they didn't get rid of that habit completely. They just changed their routine. And while the routine is the actual habit being performed, the cue and the reward stays the same. They're not trying to completely swap that out. They are just trying to figure out something that is going to give them or satisfy that craving that they have. So if we talk about me, because I love speaking from existence, I started doing the 75 hard, which I've talked about on here, and I knew that that was going to help me a lot with my habits. The thing is, is I, when I'm on my habits, I'm on my habits, but I miss one day and then I miss the next day and the day after and the day after, and then suddenly I am spiraling, literally spiraling. So if we take a look at how my life was a month and a half ago, we'll say, I had the worst habits and my morning habits sucked because of my nighttime habits. So I would get home from work, run downstairs, let my dog out, come upstairs and my Uber Eats or DoorDash would be at my door waiting for me. I wouldn't cook food. I would literally just eat out every single day. And then what would I do? I would sit and watch TV while I eat and then I would be up until 1, 2, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning just scrolling through TikTok. And as somebody who needs extra time in the morning to get ready, not because I take a long time, but because there is a lot of things I need to do before I leave, going to bed at 2.33 o'clock in the morning is not ideal at all. As a result from that, having really shitty nighttime habits, I had horrible mornings because I would wake up 7.30, 8 o'clock and have maybe, maybe 20 minutes to try to get ready and dressed for the day walk my dog, make breakfast, get gas, and get to work by 9.30. And I work, it could be anywhere from a 40-minute drive to an hour and 40-minute drive, and that is not, not smart, and it's not good. 
and my days were just hectic and chaotic and crazy and I would I would literally be on edge all the time and that is because I started my day like that how you start your day is how your day ends up so if you start your day in a rush it's chaotic you're you're doing this 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 and this trying to get everything done trying to like add time to the day where even though there's no time to add That's how your day is going to end up. And that's how my days were always ending up. I literally had the bitchiest attitude. It was like, God, anything, anything and everything pissed me off. And that's due to lack of sleep, lack of preparation, lack of just habits. And it all stemmed from the nighttime. Now, I'm about to contradict myself because I did not fix my nighttime routine first. I tried to fix my morning routine first. And with doing the 75 hard, there's a lot of things that you have to do in the day and I can get quite a bit of that done in the morning. So the week prior to doing the 75 hard, I was like, okay, I am going to start figuring out this morning routine and see what works best for me. And I realized that I needed to go to bed at a certain hour. And while I didn't go to bed that certain hour, At first, I slowly worked my way back. I wasn't going to bed at three in the morning, thank God, but I was going to bed at like midnight, which was nice. It was better than three. And then I slowly worked my way to like 11, 11.30. I figured that was a good sweet spot to start. Let me just backtrack really quick. My alarms would be set for 6, 6.15 and 6.30 and I would sleep in until 7.30, 7.45. Keep that in mind. So what I did is I set my alarm even earlier and what helps is that the sun comes beaming in my window at 5.45 in the morning, but I set my alarm for 5.45, 6 o'clock and 6.15 and I was like, if I hit snooze, at least I'll be waking up 6.30, 6.45 rather than 7.30, 7.45 and that gave me an extra hour. So I tried to see what I could get done in that extra hour. And it turns out you can get a lot done. I timed how long it was going to take my breakfast, how long it was going to take me to get ready. Both those things kind of took up almost the entire hour. I wasn't walking maze as long as I am now because I didn't start that challenge, but I would take her on our like normal 10, 15 minute walk in the morning. But I felt a lot less rushed. Then it was time to start the 75 hard and I knew that if I needed to get a 45 minute walk done in the morning that I needed to wake up at 545 on the dot because it would take me about 20 minutes to get ready. I also have to take a progress picture every single day so like 20-25 minutes to get ready to get maze ready and then to get out the door. At first I thought I was going to have to rush but I was just so freaking excited to start the challenge that I woke up at 5:30 and I was like, "Let's get started. Let's go." And it was like that for the first couple days and then it started to kind of dwindle down, but not not too bad because I do wake up every single day and I am still just as excited as the day before, but you know, the first day first week really you are just extremely excited and super motivated and after that it slowly starts to dwindle down and that's okay that's okay because you are in control of your own life so you get to see it how you want to see it and I keep telling myself I'm so fucking pumped I'm excited like I'm now three weeks in like let's keep going it's almost there you know what I mean But now my mornings, I have extra time. So if I have to get gas, I can get gas. I could sit in the parking lot at the gas station and drink a coffee if I wanted to. I have extra time to do stuff. I can get to work early and get some more things done rather than getting there right on time and 
you know, just trying to rush and do all these things. And here is where the biggest change was. Prior to doing this challenge, my cue in the morning would be my alarm going off. My routine would be hitting snooze. And then the reward is that I get to sleep in a little extra. But sleeping in a little extra caused me to have such a chaotic day. With the challenge, my cue is still my alarm going off. My routine is getting up immediately and getting started for the day. And my reward is that I can have a successful day because I started my day off in a successful way. Wow, that's kind of good. Start your, you can have a successful day if you start your day off in a successful way. That is, put that on a t-shirt. I'm joking, but here's the thing is my cue and my reward were the same. My cue was my alarm going off and my routine was satisfying whatever craving that the cue was craving. So the cue was my alarm going off and wanting to sleep and my reward was satisfying that want of wanting to sleep in. So low key, I was like, "Mm, I'm a happy girl. But then it was like franticness after that. So I got my little brief reward of, yes, I slept in. Now my cue is my alarm goes off. My routine is getting up right away. And my reward is that I'm happy. I'm happy that I can start my day in a successful way. I'm going to continue saying that because that just sounds so good. But they're similar because I was happy when I was sleeping in. But then the cost of sleeping in cost me almost my whole morning and just having a frantic day. Whereas I'm still satisfying that craving and I'm happy because I get to do all these things in the morning. I set myself up for success the night before and I make sure that I can perform the habits that I have in the morning with no issues at all. And I do get that we are human. Life happens. Some days you're more tired than the day before and that's completely okay. As long as you keep doing these habits. In Atomic Habits, James Clear says, if you miss one time, that is okay. But if you miss twice, that's the start of a new habit. So it's up to you. It's really, really entirely up to you and how you want your life to play out. If you miss one day, you can't beat yourself up over it. If you miss twice, then maybe start thinking about like, okay, what do I need to change? How can I tweak this so that I can make sure that I'm successfully performing this habit every single day? And like I said, it doesn't really have to be perfect. It just has to be successful. Now, really quick, I want to talk on keystone habits. And keystone habits are one specific habit that triggers this huge widespread of change. I like to call it the domino effect, only because you do one thing and that starts to trigger all these other things without you even realizing it. So in The Power of Habit, Charles Duhigg talks about people who want to exercise, even if they inconsistently exercise and it's just once a week and not three to five or whatever you want to, it begins this trigger of a widespread amount of change. People start to eat better, they stop smoking, they're less stressed, they have more patience and things like that. He writes, Keystone habits offer what is known within academic literature as small wins. They help other habits to flourish by creating new structures and they establish cultures where change becomes contagious. So it's this one thing that you do or a new habit you implement into your life that's going to trigger this wide spread of change. Isn't that so fucking cool? 
I think that is literally, and we don't even know it. It could be something as simple as making your bed. That could be a keystone habit because you're tidying your room up and now all of a sudden you want to be super organized in other areas of your life or your mood changes or you just you start something new and you have new habits because you decided to make your bed. It sounds really silly saying that out loud, but honestly, it's just the start. It's it's this one thing that you do that's going to create this domino effect it's going to become second nature. Like you don't even think of it as a habit. Like I make my bed every single day. I mean, once Maze gets out of it because I get out of bed before her, but I make my bed as soon as I can. And I feel so great for the day. Like I feel like I can do everything else. I don't know. Things like that are just so cool. And I love that. I I love that. You are in complete control of your own life and your habits make up a huge, huge chunk of your life. So how you do everything every day is how your life is going to end up. These habits, these small, seemingly insignificant daily disciplines can catapult you like a million times forward into becoming your best, truest, highest self. And I think that's so cool. The birds are having a field day on the tree right outside my window and they are just literally the cutest. So I'm sorry if you hear that. But I just wanted to thank you guys for listening to today's episode, even though I had to record it again. I'm so, so grateful you were here. I love you. Thank you for listening. And I will talk to you on Friday. Bye.